Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Propane Business Podcast. Now, if you don't know my voice, my name is Alex, and I'm the community manager of the Propane Business Program. I also am a branding and marketing coach within the program, and I help our coaches with their copywriting and with their marketing strategies. Today, I'm going to be sharing with you an article I've written about using Tinder to get more clients. Picture the scene. It's 2013. Friday night in your hometown. You're a young, good-looking, slightly cocky but charming guy on a night out. Might be a stretch for some of you, others not so much. Your hair sits in a proud quiff atop your head, held in place by pricey, texturizing matte clay. You're wearing a crisp white shirt, the kind with a small polo player embroidered on the breast. You've gone for the muscle fit option. Yeah, you work out. If someone were to walk by you, they might catch the waft of a pleasant scent permeating the sweaty nightclub air. Paco, Raban. You're a few vodka lemonades deep. Looking round at the patrons of the fairer sex in their tight dresses and immaculate makeup, you have one thing on your tipsy mind. You want to take a beautiful woman home with you. Problem is, you know half of them from school, and never really looked at many of them that way. However, with Dutch courage coursing in your veins, you are determined. You approach a stunning blonde who you haven't seen before and ask if she'd like a drink. She has a boyfriend. Damn. The next five women you approach are either taken or not interested. Ego bruised, you retreat to the urinals and after a quick piss and a pep talk from the toilet attendant, shimmy your way back out onto the dance floor. An absolute banger of a song comes on and you lock eyes with a flirty brunette who seems just as into the song as you are. You dance with each other, throwing out some adventurous shapes. She's into it, laughing and touching you playfully. She says her name is Amy. Now you've got her attention, other women are watching you too, but you're too engrossed in Amy, trying to outdo her daring dance moves. You dance for several more songs, and as Crazy in Love by Beyonce draws to a close, you go in for the kiss. She dodges it and pecks you on the cheek. However, she lingers for a second and whispers that you should take her number. After entering her contact information into your iPhone, she says she's off to find her friends, and you're left on your own in the centre of the dance floor, two-stepping to Flowrider. You linger at the bar for a while, downing a few Jack and Cokes before sending Amy a text. You want to come home with me? Left on red. Defeated, you head to the food truck outside the club and console yourself by destroying a double cheeseburger and chips. Behind you in the queue, a couple of friends from school are chatting excitedly to each other. They recognise you. Hey mate, how's things? You're quite drunk at this point, so you pour your heart out. Something along the lines of, Oh, I'll be alone forever. One of the lads hand you his phone and says, Mate, you heard of this Tinder? Your life is never the same again. 
Instead of spending seven drunken hours trying to pull women that are mostly unavailable or uninterested, you have a device in your pocket that brings you 10 to 30 interested women each and every day at your convenience. You go on more dates in the next month than you have in the rest of your life combined. These are women that aren't just from your hometown. They're from all over the place. The crop of prospective partners is not only wider, but the quality is higher. Now, for any women listening and have heard that 10 to 30 number, you'll probably be like, yeah, standard. For any guys who are listening to this and heard that number, like, what the fuck? You have to remember that in this analogy, the dude was hot, in shape and charming. So if you are surprised at that, then maybe your profile hasn't been painting you in the best light. Anyways, back to PT. Tinder revolutionized the dating game and helped people connect and fall in love and fuck with folks they would have never met in a million years otherwise. Working on a gym floor is the personal training equivalent of being a hometown hunk, trying to pull at your local nightclub. The pool of people is largely the same night after night, the gym's regular members. Half of them are taken, working with other PTs. Another third are simply there to have a good night out, people that don't want the PT and just want to work out. So that leaves you fighting with every other horny guy, the other PTs at the gym, for the dregs. Amy giving you her number and never replying is the same as running a taster session and getting ghosted by a client that says, I'll get in touch when I get paid at the end of the month. Taking your coaching online is the equivalent of PT Tinder. You can always put your best foot forward. You have access to a much larger pool of potential clients and access to better clients. It takes far less effort to acquire the client. And if you do it correctly, you spend way less time invested in people who aren't interested. As a PT, you are certainly more in the guy camp of the equation. Potential clients are getting hit on all the time by people trying to sell them PT programs. So you have to stand out from the norm if you want to garner any interest. So how do you make your personal training business hot? There are an infinite number of ways to do this, but the main ones we're going to focus on in the rest of this are number one, social proof. Number two, presenting people the opportunity. Number three, just being hot. Number four, meeting that person's desires or solving their problem. Number five, distinguishing yourself from everyone else. Number six, telling a charming story through a mixture of visual, audio and written content. And number seven, not being a turnoff. Number one, social proof. Social proof on Tinder looks like this. Your photos are not all selfies. It means other humans are involved in your life and they take photos of you. In these photos, you look good and friendly and well-dressed. You have a photo of you at a cool event with some friends, more towards the end of the profile as people need to know which one is you. You have social media connected to your account and on that account, you have followers and people that like your stuff. The more extreme end of social proof is being culturally considered a heartthrob within the social circle that you proliferate. This means you have girls and guys DMing you, people commenting on your photos with heart eyes, fire, and a slew of other emojis. What this looks like in the fitness world is pretty similar. However, you get the added bonus of being able to be direct with the promotion of people who give you positive reviews. This wouldn't go down so well in the dating profile world. One of the best shags I've had in years, Linda, 35 from Oxford. Anyway, if you have people singing your praises from the rooftops, or a large following, or appear to be surrounded with people who are big fans of what you do, or are respected by others, then you have social proof. You can buy the appearance of this, 
He's looking at you, Dan Bilzerian. And the state of the world is such that it can be faked online, but only if you're rich, and it's an empty existence. For the most part, social proof is an honest signal of integrity and the value that you provide to the world. The only thing you can do to improve it is make other people's lives better and understand how to place that in front of people. For example, if you have clients that are always telling you how amazing you are, then get a few on record saying so. Don't be shy to ask for testimonials. Similarly, don't be afraid to ask people to take photos of you or with you. Visual is such a massive part of the human brain and coming across as a well-liked human being in photographs is going to be really beneficial to your business. Social proof is largely a second order effect of being good at what you do and enjoyable to be around. So the best way you can acquire it is through educating yourself and being generous and affable. Number two, presenting people the opportunity. It's shocking how many people have a skill set or a coaching service that they don't promote clearly enough. People will have Facebook profiles with a link to their fitness website in the bio, and then the entire Facebook profile is just them walking the dog, maybe sometimes posting about a workout they do, and then a photo of them on a night out with their friends. And at no point do they explicitly declare, I do this for a living, to work with me, click here. The Tinder equivalent of this is literally not being on the app or having a Tinder profile set up that is just a picture of you and your ex-girlfriend, then a picture of your dog, then a picture of some pretty trees in a park. You have to be intentional with this and signal that you are a coach that delivers online coaching. If you don't let people know you are single or that you're an attractive potential partner, in this metaphor, a skilled coach, they are less likely to consider the option of dating you, working with you as a personal trainer. Number three just being hot. It works in your favour in almost all facets of life, although there is some mild evidence that suggests there is a level of hotness that can work against you in a boardroom setting. That, however, does not apply in the world of online fitness and health, where sex appeal and beauty are a powerful commodity. Now, sexual appeal is a broad spectrum, and I'm not going to get into all of the debates about beauty standards and the problematic construct of normative sexuality, but all I will say is that you know hot, or at least your version of hot, when you see it. If you can appear as hot to your target niche, which might actually be different to your own hot, you know, your own standards, then they are more likely to listen to you. People trust hotter people, they aspire to be like hotter people, and they are more likely to buy health and fitness products in general from hotter people, because the fitness industry, a lot of it really is about looking good naked, and if you can look good not naked, then people are going to assume that you look good without any clothes on, and that you can help them achieve that for themselves. I mean, really, there isn't much you can do to move the needle on this, apart from making sure you are presenting the best visual version of yourself. That doesn't necessarily mean 40 topless ab selfies in the gym changing room mirror. Just like on Tinder, that can come across as douchey. Look after your appearance. Wear nice gym clothes. Wear nice regular clothes. Get a haircut often. Brush your damn teeth. All of these simple things. And just make sure that you're presenting yourself in a good way online. Number four meeting that person's desires, slash solving their problem. On Tinder, the goals for women can range vastly. To combat boredom with a name chatter, to have an illicit affair, to find a sweet, charming husband, to have a first kiss, to get fingered in the parking lot on a lunch break, to feel wanted, to get fucked against the wall to fill the time on a Sunday, to find a soulmate, to find a nice dude in his early 40s, to find a college-age guy. The desired outcomes change from person to person, and across the per... The sp- and across the span of a single person's life. 
to have a woman saying yes to going on a date with you is going to purely depend on how much what you put out there seems aligned with their desired result. The same is true of people looking for personal training. If I'm a young woman trying to slim down to look great on nights out, is your Arnie Classic steroid-driven macho branding going to appeal to me? Hell no. If I'm a super serious triathlete, is your gentle intro to burpees and hit going to tick the boxes for the kind of training I require? Nope. If I train tennis players hand-eye coordination, is a powerlifter looking to increase their wokes going to come to me? Nuh-uh. Offering something that is specific and desired by a certain group is really important in the online fitness space. It helps people figure out very early on whether or not you actually meet their wants, and it makes you far more appealing to those whose needs you can provide for. This brings us to the next point, distinguishing yourself from everyone else. I know I just said it, but it's so important I'm going to state it twice. Being different and specific within the boundaries of what someone is interested in is a good thing. For Tinder, having a picture of you with a dog, then a picture of you in the gym changing room mirror, then on a night out with a couple of your mates all wearing the same shirt, and then saying hello as your first message is just dull and tired. The only way this works is if you're unbelievably hot. Otherwise, the unbelievably hot person who is doing exactly the same thing is always going to win out over you. It's the training equivalent of I offer fat loss to all kinds of people that want to lose weight. Unless you're Joe Wicks or another household name, why would I bother working with you instead of him? And if your answer is, well, well, I'll do more than Joe for cheaper. Joe wouldn't give you personalized plans and 24-hour access and nutrition coaching and live one-to-one. Then you just sound like one of those needy guys who is willing to buy a woman tons of expensive gifts just to get a reply to a message. And that's fine if you want to live life like you have a Russian mail-order bride who is ready to jump ship the moment a better offer comes along. But if you want a client base that respects your time, values your offering, and is pleasurable to work with, you have to demonstrate value in different ways. You have something to give in the relationship with a client beyond overstretching yourself. The real value is in the result that the client gets, and that isn't any more likely to happen because you over-deliver with your time. However, it is more likely to happen if you understand their pain points, goals, and situations intimately, and the coaching material you put out there resonates with their personal story, how they view themselves, and their identity. For example, say I'm a woman on Tinder who is looking for a long-term boyfriend. A guy who is hot but has a dull chat is going to lose out to a guy who is okay looking but has cracking conversation and enjoys the same TV shows as me. If I'm a woman just looking for a one night stand, the hot guy is going to win out over the nice kind of meh looking guy. More importantly for the gym analogy, say I'm really into snow sports and I match with two guys, Dylan and Nick, that have exactly the same level of physical attractiveness across the board, similar vibes with the chat, similar income, but one of Nick's photos is him at a ski chalet with a snowboard next to him and a grin on his face. Nick is going to interest me more and I'm going to choose to date Nick. What are the difference makers within your fitness business? The small specificities that will make a certain group of people, and you only need certain people, not everyone, to make a very healthy living as an online PT, sit up and take notice of you. Hey guys, my name is Bodhi Kenyon. I live in Tokyo, Japan. I've been in the propane business course for several weeks now, and I want to give praise where praise is due. 
the first week, I got really clear on my vision. There's a goal setting that first week. And we spent like 20 hours, my wife and I, getting our goal, our vision, really ultra clear. And just got really clear on where we're going with our life, with our business. Uh, the second week on the niche, getting the niche straight. And I talked to my clients um, and we just got really clear on who we serve exactly. And it just took a while to do that. But doing that really was a game changer. Um, because of the vision, getting clear on our vision, where we're going, and getting clear on our client and our ideal client, not just in the age, but exactly how they are. Um, we brought in three new clients in two weeks, and that was about 3,300 pounds, about 4,000 US dollars. Um, just doing those two things, just two weeks of the course, two out of 12, I'm, I'm excited what's coming next. Um, so we're really happy just getting our mindset straight, getting our niche straight, um, makes a huge difference. Thank you guys, Propane. We love you. Good luck, everyone. Thanks. Number six, telling a charming story through a mixture of visual and written content. A Tinder profile is a mixture of visual and written storytelling. It isn't the photos on their own or the bio on its own or the messages on their own that makes a person want to date you. It's the combination of them working together that create a magnetic version of yourself. If you have a photo that is kind of douchey but you look really handsome, then you can offset that with a self-deprecating joke in the bio. Even from photo to photo, you can display new sides to yourself. A funny dancing photo at a wedding, then a more serious photo of you playing a team sport, shows a multifaceted version of a person that does cool athletic shit, but doesn't take themselves too seriously. Maybe you're a heavily tattooed and muscular. That can be intimidating. And if it's just 100% macho vibes, gym selfies and serious expressions, you will turn people off. However, throw a cute dog photo in that mix and a twinkling smile and suddenly you're a kindly, rugged type. What I mean in relation to personal training is that the effect of all the content you put out there is accumulative. A stranger's impressions of you is the total sum of the information about you, visual, written and everything else that they have been exposed to. In the context of online coaching, all of the messaging that you put out there should be done so through the lens of presenting yourself as an appealing, trustworthy resolution to your target market's problem. It's not simply telling a cool story that makes you look good. It's about telling a story about yourself that demonstrates both directly and indirectly how you can be a guiding light away from that person's pains and struggles and towards their goals faster than they could manage on their own. By direct and indirect, what I mean is that which is stated blatantly and that which is implied. Effective storytelling is usually a combination of both. Say, hypothetically, you are a mum in her early 30s trying to market yourself to busy mums that want to get muscular upper backs. The direct messaging is all of the content you use to overtly signal that you help people who want to achieve that goal. For example, a video that describes a great way to get volume training on your lats whilst at home. The indirect messaging is the more subtle aspects of that. For example, in that lats at home training video, you might have a few toys on the floor in the background. Your kid might walk in whilst you're training and you keep that clip in the video. Or it could be making that video really short because you know your target market is pressed for time. On your story, you might post a picture of you in a backless dress, lats looking swole as hell, with the caption, date night with the hubby and a champagne glass emoji. Anything that's going to have your target market going, oh, she gets me, but equally, oh, she has a little bit of what I want to have. 
is perfect for what you should be putting out there. Professionalism, for example, is often better displayed through implied means rather than saying, I'm really professional and well put together. Having good quality audio and video, being consistent with your posts and speaking confidently in videos is how you come across as professional. You can't really state that. Now, when you hear me saying that everything should be accumulating towards this kind of target market thing, you, you don't have to be one note. For example, that lap mum. You could be a post about the kids coming home from school covered in mud or a fun story from your sex life. Nothing to do with muscles or training at all, but funny and appealing to your market. And that is the key thing. It can be quite overwhelming when thinking about this stuff. And that can lead to the worst fate of all. Paralysis by analysis. So, as a very basic guideline to follow, make sure any content you're creating, be that ads, Insta post, or emails, has one focal objective that you think will appeal to your target market. This can be direct or indirect. Then once you have that in your head very clearly, spend five minutes thinking of one to three implicit things that you could bake into that content, alongside that main focus that would also appeal to your target market. If you can't think of any in that five minute period, or it just feels like you're kind of forcing an extra little bit into there, then just go with that one focal point. You're going to get better at this over time. And as you practice and see what performs better, you'll understand a little more which tweaks have an impact on how much your audience engage with you and how you can better position your content in interesting and indirect ways to subtly convince your audience of your value to them. Number seven, be authentic. Now we talked about how you can construct messages to appeal to people. Um, But this can sometimes, if you you go to the extreme end of it, result in you just sort of lying about who you are. And lying about who you are on Tinder might get you a date, but when you, the six foot four bad boy athlete, turns up to the date and you're five foot eight with shoe inserts, a dramatically receding hairline, and all the presence of a wet cloth, your date's going to leave before the menus are handed to you. The same goes for online. Don't BS about your results. Don't give it the big end and don't try to be something you aren't. Stay true to yourself. That same 5'8 boarding guy could have a really interesting personality when you get to know him and be appealing in a hundred other ways. But if you're pretending from the start, it just doesn't matter. You've attract, you attract the wrong type of people and you come across as dishonest. You know, if you're saying, oh, you know, I help people build tons of muscle, but you've got the body of Mo Farah, it's just not going to come across as you know what you're talking about there. Now, the final thing I want to talk about is not being a turnoff. Now, this isn't really like an extra element or an extra facet of kind of building a good online presence, but it's more a reminder to look at where you might be doing the opposite of all the things I've just talked about. Um, You might be doing most of them pretty well, but have one crucial element where you're really screwing it up. In the Tinder analogy, this would be like having cute photos, a nice profile, but then the final picture is you topless with a big Nazi tattoo on your chest or maybe less comically, having great photos and a funny bio, but then you make some kind of weird sex joke in the messages, or simply say, hi. In the PT business, this can happen in a multitude of ways. For example, you get tons of people interested in what you're doing and what you're selling as a coach, and then charge them $1,000 for a four-week program. Most people just aren't willing to invest that yearly in their health and fitness, so unless your market is affluent or highly dedicated, you just aren't going to sell anything. Um, more overtly, you could do everything great, but just be off-putting and swearing in all of your videos. This branding works for certain people like James Smith, but only because he's naturally that way inclined and an excellent intentional communicator. Again, this kind of goes back to being yourself. You know, another way that this could be is that your content's amazing, all your pictures and your images, but then when you get on camera, you just kind of stare at it a little creepily and you, you know, it's just really 
subtle things like this. You might be really funny, but in the wrong places. For example, a potential client shares their concerns and worries, and you might make a big joke about it. It may be hilarious to everyone else who's on a Q&A watching that and, and to you, but that person now, you don't seem like a serious solution for them and, and you've turned them off from working with you. Another big one that people do is they just try and force the sale too quickly. Just like dating, move at someone's fucking pace. It's, it's like turning up to the date and saying, oh, should we shag in the bathroom? Relax, go at people's pace, take your time with people. I know it can seem desperate, especially you know if you're in a situation where a gym is closed and you're struggling for income, you, you kind of need clients right away, but understand that they don't need you right away necessarily. And whilst Tinder is really just pictures, a bio and a message, you have other tools at your disposal online. Um, in a way, you can be a lot less direct, you know, email marketing over time and nurturing that as opposed to Tinder, where it's kind of strike while the iron is hot or never at all. And this can be advantageous when managed correctly, but it also leaves a lot more chances for you to do something that turns that person off. Make sure you're not coming across as rude, pushy, creepy, needy or arrogant and you'll probably be okay. The final thing I want to talk about was using the dating app model to get clients. So I've talked a lot about how to use theories that apply to online dating profiles to improve your branding and marketing strategies and to strengthen your personal brand. Now I want to talk about how to use the mechanics of online dating to scale your audience and business. This is key because you could be nailing absolutely everything, but for whatever reason, your content isn't algorithm friendly and your audience isn't growing at a rate that makes it feasible that you can go full time with it at any point in the future. It took us 10 years to get an Instagram following of a measly 5,000. However, we have coached over 3,500 clients, which is far more than most Fitspo influencers with a 250k plus following. That's because we didn't get our clients from Instagram. We used paid advertising. Just like going to your local club, using your pool of social media followers to pick your potential lovers from is limiting you. Tinder allows you exposure to people who don't follow you and would otherwise never encounter with you. The same goes for online advertising. You can pay platforms, Google, Facebook, YouTube, etc. to put your personal training ad, dating profile, in front of people all over the world. And you can target them based on their interests so they are already more likely to click on the ad when they see it, matching with you. Once they have clicked on the ad, you can serve them a video that talks about what you do, how you do it, and invites them to sample your coaching, a kind of first date. From there on out, it's up for your coaching and you, be that a pre-recorded or present time version of you, to be high quality and engaging enough that the person wants to keep investing in you, a relationship. The good news is that you can automate the vast majority of that process to the point where even the first few dates are done without any more than 15 minutes a day for you. And that's across multiple people. It just takes setting things up well and systematizing things. If you want to find out how we use those exact systems, go ahead and look at the case study in the link in the show notes. That is all for this article. I hope you've got a lot out of it. And I hope to be working with you soon in the Propane Business Program. Bye-bye now. Want to learn more about the systems we use to run build and scale propanefitness.com head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps 
that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propinfitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.